The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. gentlemen welcome to another episode of dangerous world podcast and on this one i had chaz the dead on now you may know chaz we've spoken a few times really fun dude to talk with and uh real knowledgeable does some unique research he's of course the author of at least one book paranormal expeditions hunt for the friendship um see what else he's working on here in the future but you can check out his website at just Really, really great stuff over there. He puts down articles pretty regularly, um, shows his interesting research, and he's got a Patreon as well, same name, Chaz of the Dead. Um, as he says, he's easy to find. You can just type that in basically anywhere, and you'll be able to get connected with him in one way or another. And I recommend you do that if you're just interested in paranormal stuff. Um, it's fun to talk with this dude for sure. Now, uh, you may notice I still sound a little raspy, feeling a lot better, though. So we're going to be uh, rocking out the normal episodes. This one came out a little late just because I wanted to sleep in and, uh, you know, didn't go to work today, all that shit. But um, I do have to thank Ghost over from My Third Eye podcast. He gave me a recipe for quinine, and he'd given me this recipe a while ago. Um, but I never got around to making it just because it's, um, you know, it takes a little bit of time, takes about two hours. You're just letting it sit there for two hours, though, and it is well worth it. I'm definitely going to have this on hand anytime I get sick. Um, basically, it's a bunch of grapefruits, a bunch of oranges, limes, lemons, and then he throws a pineapple in there. I think he does it mostly for flavor, but it's got some healthy effects. And it's basically natural hydroxychloroquine. Um, quinine is what it is. And this is the first day I've woken up without a headache or sore throat. So yeah, it, it did make a huge difference. I'm going to finish off this gallon that I made and, uh, you know, it's helping already. I feel way, way better just after taking one glass of that. So, um, get into contact with me or with him again, the guy over at my third eye and, uh, he can get you that recipe. If you're sick, seasons are changing right now. So, uh, something's going around. I know a few people were sick. So just in case, you know what I mean? And check out his show, man. He's got a great show. He's got a couple cool guests that he's told me about coming up here. And he's really growing that podcast pretty quickly. So I'm happy for him. And he's got a great YouTube, too, where you can see a lot of his visuals. He's got a really cool 
series called Lines of Destiny, which is killing it. He's got a lot of views on that for shows our size. And um, I haven't even checked it out yet. I want to, though, because it's a I forget the guy's name that he has on there, but very knowledgeable dude just seems to know a little bit about everything. But he expanded his research on a few topics and kind of talks about, if I'm not mistaken, sort of the origin of man and um, kind of ties it in with a lot of historical events and I think predictions for the future as well. So anyway, uh wanted to plug Ghost just because he's been a been a help since I've been sick here and he's a good buddy of mine. So uh my third eye podcast, all right? Now, when I get into this stuff with Chaz, we set out to talk about Soviet UFO encounters, okay? Talked about that quite a bit, but we did get into some other rabbit trails because um, you know, him and I we always kind of do those kinds of things. We're pretty opposite when it comes to how we view politics um i think i don't know sometimes we kind of agree on on some of these things because we both see that there's a big problem with the way that the world is operating right now but always fun conversations and this was a great one i think that you'll really enjoy this have about an hour plus for you here and then the rest will be over on patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast appreciate your support over there Patreon's been pretty stagnant lately. It's going real level. So uh, if you have 3 to $10 that you want to support a great show with a hardworking guy, uh, just head over there. And it's worth it. I promise. You get all your stuff. I need to put out the, the $10 video for the bathtub thing. It's so awkward, but I'm just going to have to do it. I'll probably put that up right away after this. It's just a goofy, stupid video of me uh, talking about propaganda techniques while I was taking a bath. But don't worry, you don't see anything, okay? Uh, I made sure. I was actually even wearing underwear in the bathtub so that you couldn't really get anything in there. Um, No reason to get that pulled down, right? So anyway, DangerousWorldStore.com if you want to support the show in that way. It's a great way to do it. You got all kinds of different t-shirts. I'm working on other different types of merchandise through Teespring too, uh, but all the t-shirts that are for sale, I do make myself all the hoodies have fun doing that. So uh, thanks for your support over there. And last but not least, uh, Operation Tinfoil has been sponsoring the show for the last month or so. And that's a really good guy that runs that. It's a new brand and they have so far, I mean, they're so new that they only have one product right now, but he is expanding because this is a big passion of his. He's getting into EMF protective clothing has a really, really great beanie that has silver lining on the inside so that it protects you from harmful uh, Wi-Fi rays, uh, Bluetooth, all the stuff, 5G. I mean, all the stuff that we really uh, don't know what kind of effect it will have on us if we are exposed to it for long periods of time gradually throughout our lives. And we have been, right? I mean, the generation directly under mine has been, I mean, they were born into a world with Wi-Fi right? Bluetooth, all these things. So um, we'll see how that ends up affecting all of us. But go to wheretinfoil.com. You get uh, $10 off. If you just type in that link, you can purchase the hat that way. And man, it's a great hat. It really is like very comfortable. It's not like any other one of these beanies that you see out there doing that, that say that they do the similar stuff. Uh, really, really like this hat. Really like the company. Really like the dude. And I hope that you'll support a new growing American company because that's what he is. 
Um, so yeah, again, wear tinfoil.com, $10 off and you're supporting the show and you're supporting a small American brand. So with that being said, I want to roll into this episode. It's a longer one. Guys, enjoy it. Reach out to Chaz of the Dead. He's got a Patreon with a very low entry fee too. Um, so check him out. Enjoy the show. Well, folks, I've got once again a returning champion of the show, of the paranormal, all the good stuff out there. Uh, you may know him as the uh, B-Theory guy, if you've listened to the show before. This is episode 107 that I'm referencing, and uh, he kind of broke some interesting information here, to me at least, and um, it was it was some cool, cool shit. Also, the author of Paranormal Expeditions, Hunt for the Friendship. Um, I am looking at my copy right here. Chaz, do you remember what you wrote in the in the cover? I asked you to write a nice little erotic message. Do you remember uh, what you wrote me? Oh gosh, I think it was something about um Michelle Obama's genitalia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Signed with Michelle Obama's penis. I loved it. Ooh. So uh that's what you get. One of when- one of the higher class uh, conspiracies I've heard on this show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? We'll take what we can get, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I appreciate you coming back on, man. And, um, you know, the world's getting crazier and crazier every day. Your research seems to match the craziness. You know what I mean? Like you, you fuck around <laughs> with psychedelics. Um, you do a lot of shit that some people would be kind of scared to do. So I'm interested to know what you're up to now. Um, first of all, dude, what's new with you, man? What's going on? Like, what's new in the research category and just like life in general? Oh, you know, I'm just uh, another day in paradise, as they as they say. I'm working on a, a case right now. I'm um, uh, compiling some evidence. Got some some investigations planned for uh, later in this month, um, but uh, can't really get into it because there's some some legal gray areas involved in the case. Oh, okay. Um, in a, a few months, though, uh, I hope to be back to talk all about it. Um, but in the the meantime, I'm still doing all my weird research, you know, writing articles and things like that. And um, I've been sitting on a, a pile of uh, what was supposed to be another paranormal expedition book. Um, and I do have two more still in the works, but this was a, a third that was supposed to take place in Siberia. I was supposed to go out over there and um, you know, I even started looking into the process of, of getting the Russian visas and everything. And uh, needless to say, that plan's been abandoned. Uh, I wonder why. Events. Why would that be? You're not scared to go there, are you? Yeah, well, I, I guess I found my limit. And that's that's open warfare. I'm, yeah. I'm tapping out until they draft me. You're gonna have to drag <laughs> my ass there. Yeah, dude, I don't know if we'd make the uh, age limit cut. I don't, I'm not sure how old you are. You don't have to disclose that here, but I, I definitely wouldn't myself, at least in the first round. Uh, I, I still got a couple more years before I'm clear. <laughs> before you're safe? Okay, well, uh, hey, you know what? Well, I do got a bum knee, and I smoke nine joints a day, so I don't know if they really want me. <laughs> hey, they don't care about the weed, dude. They do not care about the weed. Um, Good, I'll need it for my PTSD. There you go. There you go. Well, dude, you know what? So, you know, what we're going to talk about is is kind of some of the Russian UFOs. Um, you, you mentioned Siberia a little bit before we started recording here. Mm. Um, as I mentioned, you know, you kind of were you spent some time in, in South America, right? And Latin America, I guess, too. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yep. Yep. Um, Latin America. My first book, Paranormal Expeditions, uh, took place in Chile and followed my investigations down there. 
um, into a weird UFO legend. Um, yeah, I like to I like to go beyond the uh, U.S. U.K. kind of centric paranormal field. Um, I think there's a lot of people going to the you know telling the same story over and over again, and that's fun. It's fine, but um, it's not what I I want to set out to do. I like you know interesting shit, and I like hearing new shit. And so I've, I've tried to, uh, keep that in with my, my research. So looking at the far off corners of the world and, and finding what, uh, what weird goes on there. And, um, with my research into bee theory, I kind of focused in on, on Siberia as a place with, um, a lot of weird shit going on. And it, it definitely is. Uh, and hopefully one day when I'm an old man, I can <laughs> maybe make it out there in a, a peacetime and, uh, see how see see some of the weirdness for myself like i i got to in chile um you think it's gonna but, be that long before you can actually get out there safely um uh, i don't know you never know how these things go um <laughs> you know i just know it's not in the the near future and you know who no uh no futures promised to anyone so i'm not counting i'm not putting all my chips on the uh russia <laughs> bet I'm going to, you know, hold some cards close to the chest when it comes to <laughs> hoping yeah. on, on how well, that'll end. I mean, not to get too off topic here, but have you heard the the idea of uh, Ukraine adopting the social credit score, um, the first country uh, other than China to adopt it fully? And people are kind of theorizing that this may be the reason why this whole distract, because I mean, dude, it's undeniable, like no matter how conspiratorial you are, I know that you are absolutely to an extent, maybe differently than I am, right? We look in a different, bit. <laughs> we look in a different kinds of things. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, the war has been weird. There's a lot of weird footage going on with this shit, right? So like, we can't, we can't just sit here and say that we're getting factual information from either side. Right. And, you know, there, there, it's a, it's a pretty interesting theory. If you go to like diia.gov.ua, I think it is. Um, there's a, there's the whole social credit system and it's in Ukrainian. So it's difficult to really translate, but there's people that will translate it. And it's essentially like you're uploading your driver's licenses, all your social security and all like those equivalent type documents and, uh, their social credit score now, dude. So if you want to get back into the country, if you're a refugee and you left Ukraine because of Russia occupancy, mm. you're trying to get back in, you can't get back in unless you want to, uh, partake in the system well that's that's already that's i've I've spent some time in europe and that's not too far off of of how you know shit works over there uh already um this stringencies on getting passports and those kinds of things you know it's great traveling between european countries if you're a a union member similar to traveling between states um but it, it they're definitely ramping up with you know, vaccine passports and those kinds of things. And I definitely don't want to get into to that subject, but I'm fine sure. talking, talking about Russia, but any, any kind of, you know, show me your papers stuff is, is bad, bad right. stuff. Um, but I also think it's, it's pretty, uh, I've, I've hated the narrative uh, lately that, um, you know, Putin's doing this because he's he's part of the the good guys. He's he's doing it. That's for weird. The team. And that is oof. That is some. I I didn't uh, think propaganda 
worked on people <laughs> you know like i really oh. thought like who who looks at shit like that and is like hell yeah but you're seeing it now people are really on board with that and you know he's i, I have i have friends from russia um and you know it's they're aware like i think a lot of americans are aware that their government doesn't represent them sure um it doesn't uh care about them and it doesn't act in their interests uh, well, that's and- a big problem here with the propaganda that we're getting, dude, is that mm-hmm. we're banning all kinds of shit that's really just affecting the Russian citizens. Putin and the oligarchs are not suffering from any of this stuff, man. So it's it is sad, you know, when, when you when you say it like that, it's kind of shitty. Um, but yeah, dude, it, it, we'll see where that goes. Um, I tend to think that it is kind of a fake thing, but I don't know what the agenda is. Um, I'm looking into a PSYOP document from 2007 it's like a 250 paid have you have you come across this before um not not in particular i just i'm, I'm curious what you got dude <laughs> what do you got I'll, I'll send it to you man it's it's something that i think you'd like if you have time to read 250 pages of army psyop division documents i mean it's it's a wild wild thing seven phases to the process and literally everything is controlled in a psyop and, um, you know, we actually did, I'll, I'll kind of spoil it a little bit here. I was talking about like the history of PSYOPs. There's a great YouTube channel called Timeline and they do a little history of PSYOPs. And there is just, I mean, you can go throughout time and you can see PSYOPs, especially in the United States. And I mean, we're the best at it over here. Right. But, yeah. um, Germany, Japan, I mean, all these places, Russia. tried to, uh-huh. of course, of course. I mean, Russia doesn't, they seem to not be good at it on paper, but I think that they're getting much, much better. Yeah. Right. Well, and again, on paper, we're not good at it either. If you, the, the shit we know about MK ultra is all sure. of the like wacky, you know, like, look how dumb this was. Well, I, I, whoops. Sorry about all those people we killed and drugged. You know, yeah. that's kind of the tone um, that, you know, the, the historical view of, of MK ultra uh is you know that yeah. it was just a couple of bad apples couple of bad you know eggs in the bunch <laughs> wasn't that the line from abu Ghraib? i mean they were saying something like, similar uh yeah it's, it, even though there was like psychologists involved there's doctors there's freaking mm-hmm. you know high level military politicians mm-hmm. yeah dude and you know something that you would appreciate when it when it comes to psyops is um during vietnam the the uh americans when they teamed, obviously the South Koreans were an ally, right? And mm-hmm. the whole thing, they have this belief in Vietnam that if you die in battle and you don't get buried on a family uh, burial ground, your spirit just kind of floats through purgatory and, and you're, you're never really at peace. Mm-hmm. And so a PSYOP that they ran uh, from the United States side was that they put a South Korean in an echo chamber and they had him like screaming and and like saying words like he was hurting and they would put these little speakers in bushes yeah and play them in the woods and play them um, in the woods dude so these these uh and but it was so effective that even the southern vietnamese didn't want to fight anymore so like they couldn't really use that that side yeah. you know what i mean so it's yeah, wild. I, it really the history goes back one of my favorite ones is from world war ii where they did these pamphlet campaigns. And one of the weird ones was they, the allies did this pamphlet all in German of like made to look like Nazi propaganda. And it was like something about how German 
lonely German housewives will happily service soldiers when they on their return and stuff like that. And, you know, at first glance, it's like, oh, you know, good. We're going to get laid afterwards. But the idea was that, well, is it my wife who's fucking these? Yeah, yeah. Who's fucking these guys? It's kind of like so discontent. And of course, you know, the effectiveness in most cases of those kind of psyops is, you know, up for, you know, interpretation. Yeah, <laughs> you can't really course. be sure exactly how how effective it was, but the 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 lengths they're willing to go and the wild shit that they they think up of, and in particular the U.S. a lot of LSD backed uh, plotting there, which you know I'm a fan of of the LSD, but sure. not. Not I I I have some notebooks filled with some scribbling nonsense that I was <laughs> sure was the like greatest idea I ever had and it's you know like potato shoe it's it, <laughs> you come out of it and it's not not your best work always um, so yeah. it's it's weird shit it definitely is um, well you have some experience obviously with LSD and with hallucinogenics right mm-hmm. and, like all this stuff it's uh, it seems. Uh... Seems like that's like it. It's really a big, big part of your work, which I think is interesting. Um, I got to ask you before we really roll into the the Soviet stuff and the Russian, uh, you know, paranormal activity, if we want to call it that. Um, where do you stand on the whole idea of like an afterlife and like you know, because if you're believing in in ghosts and things like this, do you feel like there is some other realm where there's some sort of god or creator in some way? Um, well, when I investigate. Um, the phenomenon, as I like to call it. I definitely don't, I think the ghost conclusion is as kind of crazy as the ET conclusion, right? The idea that, okay, I saw a weird light in the sky and I had this weird experience. It must be aliens from another planet. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a jump, right? Sure. I, the same goes for, okay, I heard a weird noise and that, that cup moved by itself. So there must be a dead guy from the Civil War living in my house. Again, you're making a similar kind of jump in a leap. Um, I, I clearly from studying paranormal phenomenon, something real, you know, physical in our reality is occurring. Um, but it's not, it, it doesn't mean these things are true. And of, of course, there's years of history and, um, you know, philosophy and, and religion behind these ideas and these concepts. Um, so it's almost kind of impossible to take your yourself out of it and and look at them without seeing ghosts and seeing aliens and those kinds of things. But when you you look at it to tie it back to your note on on psychedelics, and this is kind of why I I embrace them in my research, the experiences people are having, whether it's you know ghostly phenomenon or. Uh, UFO phenomenon or even Bigfoot out in the woods. These weird, bizarre experiences are very reminiscent of psychedelic experiences. And that doesn't mean it's all in someone's head. It's clearly not the case. People um, are coming back with implants. There's scorch marks. There's cattle mutilations. There's crop circles. There's Bigfoot prints. There's, again, the ghost moves the glass. We've got videos and it smashes the thing and you know, there's a physical impact occurring, but we've, we've got to start there and then work our way up to, to say, Oh, that's a ghost or a spirit or a demon is 
you know, it's fan fiction. Now you're starting to write uh, your own little narrative behind it and everything. And it's fun. makes great stories um, because, you know, having that seed of truth really makes it a good ass story, but it doesn't make it real. Um, if you find that with like all those conjuring movies, the Warrens that the yeah, yeah, yeah. movies are based on, they were liars, famous liars. I mean, almost everyone they wrote about contradicts what they said. <laughs> They're like, no, well, why not- wouldn't you be? You know what I mean? They're making a killing. <laughs> it seems like, like they were famous. Oh, yeah. too. They were making a ton of cash. And again, there was no internet back then. So who's going to fucking double check this shit? You write it, you sell it and it's fat. Well, and people and, were so much more superstitious. Like, it mm, seems like the more and more we're moving into the future, people are moving away from that superstition. And you said something interesting. You know, if there's like a kernel of truth in these in these beliefs, it doesn't even need to really be truth. It can just be superstition. Right. I mean, like if, mm. if like like the whole idea of a demon or of of whatever. I mean, the, the right. Dybbuk or whatever the fuck you want to call them. Um if you can play into it and be like, yeah, this is why this, this lines up with that. Mm. It seems like it will be kind of like a good, again, maybe a propaganda tool or or something just to try and like, everything's about cash, dude. Everyone's trying to make money. So yeah, absolutely. And you know, me too, buy the book. (laughs) I mean, dude, Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta be upfront about that, but hey, me too, dude. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Created. We got to play it. Yeah. Um, But I actually think um, one of the, this is something I hear a lot in the field and I I have a project. This one's a few years down the line though. Give me a couple years before this one's ready. But I I don't think that we're losing that. um, I don't like the word spirituality. I almost prefer folklore or belief. I think people often are like, oh, we're, the internet is de-evolving us. I do think it's making us a little stupider. I think our attention spans are getting smaller, but I don't, I like the spiritual de-evolution. I don't necessarily subscribe to that, especially when it comes to the paranormal. I think the, um, the pasta monsters are a great example. These new folklore and legends. And as, as far as I'm concerned, Slenderman is as real as, you know, the 1800s ghost, or uh, the aliens are because again it had a physical impact on our reality. Those girls believed enough to stab that sure. other little girl. You know, now it's physical. It's it's bleeded over into our reality. It's it's gone away from being you know words on a, a screen. And again, I think that is a huge clue on what might be going on with a lot of this other paranormal phenomenon. Uh, I think it. It comes from us to an extent. We're, we're definitely facilitating the existence of, of whatever this paranormal activity is. And that I think loops back into the idea of naming it and making it a ghost and particularly demons and things. Like I've played with my Ouija board a million times and I've done it on mushrooms and all kinds of shit and nothing like weird weird enough to write about has ever happened right and people to this day still message me like don't fuck with those ouija boards that's Mm. oh that's a no-no and come on you're you're one you're probably kidding yourself but two if you're not that's actually bad investigation because now you're you're creating a danger where there normally isn't one 
you know normally a ouija board doesn't cause psychosis but if you're like a catholic schoolgirl in guatemala and you've been raised that el diablo is like always watching then yeah your friend busts out a ouija board that might cause a, a physical impact and again i think that's something paranormal is happening there some kind of cultural some kind of entity whatever its source whether it's generated from our collective unconscious whether it is an ancient god from before times well yeah see so that was my question not to interrupt you but like you you you, uh you chuckle when you when you say god and so i'm i'm just curious as to if you believe in in a god like that or if you believe in some sort of creator i think that it's an interesting thing um to investigate paranormality type shit right um you know i I, it's just an an honest question kind of for myself um well it's my personal belief i think there's evident again if i'm looking at it from that investigator mindset then the reincarnation stories i think are the most intriguing um like there's some just hard like that those little Indian kids solve their own murders and shit. <laughs> like there's <laughs> actual scientists there who are like, well, yeah, I mean, I fucking saw it, you know? And so that's hard to, to refute when, you know, again, I like to defer to people who I are, are more educated in the subject and the, the amount that's gone into that, you know, past life research. And I don't mean the, like, I went to a hypnotist and I was an Egyptian pharaoh and then I was a temple priestess. Everyone was a fucking, everyone was Cleopatra. Everyone was fucking, you know, Elizabeth the Great. It's always the same nonsense. That's not what I mean. I mean, the times where like a little kid's like, I was a, a World War II fight race and my name was Dick Johnson and I got 16 confirmed kills and they like look it up and that was a real dude. You know, that, how do you explain shit like that? Um, and, but again, I, I think it's hard for me to make that exact leap and say that's for sure. Well, that definitely means that little kid's that dead guy. Again, there's still a couple pieces of evidence missing to make that leap. But if I, I, I do think there is enough evidence that shows there's something else, you know, whether that is wherever that information, what what makes ghosts, what makes entities, whatever you want to call them, wherever that information exists, I think, yeah, there's a good chance that the human consciousness um, continues on in in whatever that field, whatever that realm is. Um, call it the spirit world um, if you're shamanistic leaning um, I don't really like the heaven and hell shit I don't really necessarily think there's like a, a you know if you're a good little boy <laughs> you get all of the presents at the end of the fucking rainbow or if you're bad you're born for eternity I'm not necessarily sure that's true but uh, I do think that the notion of something beyond is is, is, is some good evidence to back it up and uh you know uh, i definitely personally believe but i'm always there's always that you know do you just believe that because it's more cozy <laughs> it's always in the back of my head you know yeah and i think that's a healthy belief too because yeah there is something really terrifying about you know whether you live your life really really great or you live your life horrible and you you abuse mm-hmm. other people and hurt children and shit like that if we all just go to the same place and that's just eternal blackness and it's like you're going to sleep forever mm. uh there is something 
disturbing about that to an extent. Um, but you know, so I think that that is a healthy thing to ask yourself. Uh, but yeah, just a question I had, dude. And, uh, thanks for, for kind of diving into that a little bit. Um, let's get into this shit, the, the research that you've been looking into, dude. So, uh, obviously it's a, it's a, you know, widely talked about thing right now, but not Mm -hmm. the way that you're looking at it, right? Russia and all this shit. Mm -hmm. So what are you... Kind of synchronistic. I, I told you before the show started yeah. that I started this project writing about this stuff long before uh, conflict had, uh, you know, open war had started in Ukraine. There was, you know, always some sketchy shit going down. Sure. But um, uh, I had planned to, you know, visit Russia. I even had a Russian friend who, you know, was willing to sponsor me. And because um, it is it's a hassle as an american getting over there it's definitely you know a little a little sketch um but uh definitely impossible now i don't want to end up like that poor WNBA woman <laughs> just locked up do you know her name uh oh god i heard it today on the show too. <laughs> isn't That's it like britney britney grenier or something yeah that sounds right that sounds right or well, that might be a porn star <laughs> <laughs> no, Brittany, it's Britney something. But yeah, I was hearing jokes about it where it's like, dude, if this was like LeBron James or because she's mm. won like championships in the mm. WNBA, but nobody gives a fuck about the WNBA because like they make like twelve hundred dollars a year. And so yeah. like it's just kind of sad, dude. Like it's it's an American citizen. But yeah. if it was if it was a male basketball a star player, athlete. Be, yeah, it does suck. It they'd up. be moving mountains to get this dude back. And now they're just like, yeah. hey, fuck it. She fucked up. But yeah, sorry, continue. Yeah, well, um, it's uh, yeah, it's a, it was a, it's a weird situation now. Um, so I kind of have this, this research and I've been releasing it on my Patreon, um, kind of in these research dossiers. Cause again, it was half a book I had written already before I was like, well, fuck this, can't do that one. <laughs> um, so it, it kind of started with, uh, initially with B theory um, and go back to episode 107 dangerous world fans to listen to that um, kind of a part one to, to this conversation, but a quick brief overview um, B theory is the idea that UFOs are this human technology. And I was told this by a couple of shady sources who claim to be intelligence, but obviously I don't have any evidence to back that up. But they said that UFOs had something to do with honeybees. And there was a Russian entomologist who lived in Siberia who said, along with all of his insect works, he wrote about building a UFO out of honeybee parts or heavy insect shells is what he used. Um, And he said that any of these heavy insects um, here in uh, Florida, we got those palmetto bugs that can fly at you, these big ass cockroaches. Um, they had supposedly they would probably have these wing flap covers, um, scarab beetles, which of course is interesting if you think about, um, Egypt and, you know, moving heavy things and anti-gravity. Um, and of course, honeybees would have these heavy, these special patterns in their wing flaps to give them this kind of extra anti-gravity lift. Um, and supposedly Gurbinikov created a craft that um had this could fly it could basically a pallet with handlebars but it could you know go real fast and from the ground people looking at it they'd always see classic ufo shapes 
Um, they'd see discs and triangles and cigars and those kinds of things. Um, and where he landed it, it would cause paranormal activity, poltergeists. Um, you know, if you drop something off the edge, you'd find it fused into a window. Mm. Uh, one time he put a larva in his pocket, flew on the, the device. And when he took the larva out of his pocket, it was fully grown. Um, so kind of all of these, these, uh, markers of paranormal activity, the same markers <clears throat> that I point out in my first book. Um, that are similar to the psychedelic state. You know, you have that altered time, you know, kind of seeing things differently than how they are, you know, a lot of the same weird psychedelic stuff. So that really kind of stuck out to me. Um, and Gurbinikov was a real dude. He taught at a university in Siberia. You know, he, there's a, a museum exhibit to some of the stuff he discovered in this, this tiny town in Siberia. And so What's I wanted to go name? there and. What's his full name? I'll uh, look it up. Victor Gerbinikov. Okay. Um, and um, uh, so I, you know, I wanted to go there and check it out and see if I could get in t- contact with his son, who seemed to be the um, contact on all this English translated information. Um, but, you know, that that kind of fell through. Uh Yep, that's the guy. See, there's even photos of him. Very definitely a real human being. Uh, are you using Bing for shame, Ryan? Hey, I don't. I I use DuckDuckGo usually, but no, I just like for a simple online <laughs> quick, search like this. Hey, if he doesn't pop up on Bing, you know the skeptics aren't going to believe in him. Fair enough. Fair enough. So take that, skeptics. He was a real guy. Um. So yeah. And paranormal researcher, best known for his claims of invented levitation. Um, but he was a, a, a uh, real guy. He's got, you know, buildings named after him and stuff. So he, he's very accomplished in entomology. Um, of course, you know, they say, oh, what a crazy UFO guy on the Wikipedia, <laughs> Wikipedia of course. Um, page. And so with this knowledge and kind of wanting to look further into it, uh, I was like, well, what other weird shit's going on, you know, in this area? Um, and, you know, anyone who knows about, you know, Russian paranormal shit, you probably know some of the big hitters. There's the, um, uh, the hikers, um, on the, what was the mountain? Um, oh, the hikers in the Ural Mountains? Uh, yes, in the Ural Dyatlov. Mountains. Detloff Pass, of course. Yes. The famous, um, <clears throat> thing that went down a bunch have you of seen that movie by the way the fake yeah movie? there's a fun movie dude it's so good movie it's <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite yeah. little mockumentary movies man it's it's a it's definitely a, a fun one um so yeah that one there Look the at that. Mountain. there's the tunguska event um the that took place in northern Siberia, and it was an explosion that they still to this day don't know the source of. It was 185 times stronger than the blast at Hiroshima, um, and they thought it was a meteorite, but they've never found an impact site. And there's an 80 mile ring of trees that were let, you know knocked down, but there was no impact site. Um, so to this day, no one really knows what Tunguska. Is was um though in russia interestingly enough um that explosion 
Uh, a lot of people think something similar happened on Dialtov Pass, that one of these weird mystery explosions just happened in the middle of their camp. And that's why they were all disoriented and fucked up. Um, but these strange explosions seem to happen in Siberia and around the Ural Mountain range, b- bizarrely often, these kind of explosions. But the Tunguska event was the the largest. There's the, yeah, that's the platform right there. Again, it looks like well, yeah, a that's... pallet and some handlebars. <laughs> Not even a pallet. It looks even smaller than that, that photo. And it's a wild looking picture. I mean, you can tell, I mean, uh, and who knows? I mean, these are old pictures. It'd be tough mm-hmm. to fix these. But well, um, there's also some videos out there of him supposedly testing out the, the technology. Again, though, it's all of the the sources from the uh, information is poorly translated from sure. Russia. Why wouldn't so it? So it's like, again, one, this might be a Russian, you know, scam. Two, it could be, um, you know, a poorly translated version of a Russian scam. And so it's, it's, it was a tricky situation. So again, it's similar to the friendship case. I wanted to go down there and, and check it out. Um, but beyond the Tunguska and the Dialtov, um, I started to find some really other bizarre shit, um, in that, that same region. Um, and specifically for those geo- uh, geography fans. So this region, um, Gurbinikov's town was, um, I'm not going to even, it started with an I, I'm not going to even try it. It's horrible, um, pronunciation, but it was, uh, a little south southeast of the Ural Mountains, um, close to the Kazakhstan border, um, but not right on it. Um, kind of not too deep in Siberia, but firmly in Siberia. Um, so I started to look around and to the north of this region, again, just over the Ural Mountain Range, there is a place called the Perm Anomalous Zone. And it's kind of like the Russian Skinwalker Ranch. It's this weird, so Perm's a region. Um, oh, its shit. capital is also called Perm. And there's this little village where um, Perm Anomalous Zone. Anomalous? Anomalous. Um, yeah. There you go. Yeah. And so this area, um, similar to Skinwalker Ranch, there's been uh, to the native you know, original people of the area, it is, you know, a sacred area. In the 1950 or 1980s, it kind of rose to popularity because of this massive UFO flap and all these weird UFO activities. Um, Yeah, weird kind of entities. (laughs) I'm not sure what that guy is in particular, but again, UFO, Bigfoot's, aliens so there's a a monument to right where the zone kind of starts to this alien um aloshka and you might remember from like early internet 2000s days that uh, russian or alien mummy found in siberia that like little kind of like shriveled up guy Oh, that they said was chicken bone and shit? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That one that they, they firmly debunked. Well, he's named after that statue there is named after that uh, mummified <laughs> fake alien. But yeah, so this anomalous zone, it, it's the Skinwalker Ranch of Russia. To this day, Russian paranormal investigators head out there and 
you know, do all kinds of weird experiments. And again, it's this hot spot of super weirdness, you know, glowing orbs of light, um, UFOs, Bigfoot, dogmen, um, all kinds of bizarre shit in this region. And it is firmly in the middle of nowhere, um, oh. you know, isolation, is- isolated as hell. Yeah. Um, so if you can, you know, kind of, well, I mean, doesn't yeah, quite kinda... zoom in as much, but yeah. So again, the Earl Mountains are, are right around this this area, and so right down here, right? In yeah, it might actually be in the Earl Mountains. So it goes all the the range stretches all the way north though to the the Arctic Ocean. Um, so again, it's massive swaths of land um, that even it's even kind of hard to to think about. Um, maybe not so much in the the West U.S. You guys drive through some deserts and shit you can kind of kind of get an idea of of how isolated it is but again all of russia has a population less than than california so it's it's land with nobody out there and yeah there's these weird formations um again altars from ancient tribes and things it's it's quite bizarre uh, they look like channel, like uh, like moats or something. You know, like water, similar to Stonehenge kind of, you know, things that were were erected out there. Mm. Um, so not far from this region is a region that is um, in Siberia, close to where Tunguska occurred, where they say there are these cauldrons. Um, have you ever heard of the Siberian cauldrons? I have not. Oh, this is this is a fun story. And so they their existence remains unconfirmed. But if you type this one into the the Google, you'll see all kinds of drawings. Um, so Siberian cauldrons. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these are these strange structures, and you know they're debated as whether they exist. But for me, I found what is most interesting is there's in this region, there's a river called something like Cauldron Way, and there's another area called Land of Sunken Cauldrons. Okay. Um, and so these are these big metal, you know, rooms, essentially domes that are Ooh. scattered throughout this region in Siberia. And there's all kinds of stories and rumors about what they are and what they do. Um a lot of the stories come from, I believe, the 80s when some guys reported that they, like, climbed in one and spent the night. Um, years later, this dude's hair fell out after he spent the night under the cauldron. Like, all of his hair fell out. Like, he had these clear kind of weird radiation effects almost. Well, they kind of make reference to that in that goofy little movie that you and I were just talking about a second ago where like they, you know, they these people and it's a fake movie for the record, but you know, right. they go into they find a door in the mountain, right? Uh-huh. And there's heavy radio a little hollow earth, yeah. Yeah, their Geiger counters going crazy and they go in there and there's little bald like time travelers like they can they can teleport mm-hmm. and shit. Um, but they can't get out of this little area. So is that a reference to one of these collagens then? Um, possibly. The the popular paranormal theory is that this is some kind of ancient, There's this like, pre-Diluvian or ancient alien um, construction meant to protect Earth. And so the Tunguska explosion, that big mystery explosion, 
the the theory if you ask some paranormal circles russian paranormal circles um that the it was a meteor but the reason there's no impact site is because it was shot down over uh siberia by one of these cauldrons that this it activated and it's some kind of planetary defense system um so again weird um pretty out there story but there there's places on the map that are named like cauldron area you know cauldron river cauldron place and so there there's definitely a little more um meat to that uh so you can see some chicken skin on that he looks kind of tasty right there at the thigh. I know it, it does look a little <laughs> bit more like it now that you see it like this. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, at first I was like, "That's pretty good." What are your thoughts on that? Then, do you think that it was actually a fake thing, and, and these people are just making shrines of some bullshit, or what? Um, I think again, if it was real, um, it, I think if you get an alien body, we're gonna know about it. it. It's back to that classic conspiracy thing: where's the money? And having something like that, it's, it's worth a lot of money. You're not gonna. <laughs> You know, again, Russia, tiny population. There's most states in the U.S. alone make more money than Russia does. Um, you know, it's it's if someone found a real alien in Russia, Vladimir Putin would have uh, sold it for cash. Well, Vladimir Putin is uh, definitely Vladimir Putin's one of the richest people in the world, if not the richest. I mean, some some people say he is actually the richest person. So in the then world. he did sell it, and we've got it in a fight. Fucking Donald Trump's haven't eaten a slice of it right now with his fucking wine. I mean, who knows? Supposedly Trump <laughs> doesn't even drink, so maybe he just is sipping on this dude's uh only gold flake champagne or gold flake Coca-Cola, I'm sorry. <laughs> is that what he actually is that what he says he drinks? I hope not. I know it's Coca-Cola. I added the gold flakes, but You sure you're not thinking of Warren Buffett? Because he drinks Coca-Cola every fucking day. It's disgusting. It's the fuel of America. I My guess. Sir. <laughs> Presidents and billionaires. <laughs> yeah, dude. I remember when I saw this, man. I'm trying to find a video so that we can watch the video on here just for anyone. Because I want to put this on YouTube, too. Um, Good. I'm but, glad for for the people just listening where he's scrolling through some uh, Russian Siberian alien corpses. That are they're pretty convincing. They're pretty good, um, but they do look a little chickenish at points. <laughs> when it's when it's decomposing, it seems like they, they definitely look like chicken. Mm. But yeah, no. Yeah, so again, the the UFO culture is definitely prevalent. We kind of talked a little bit about Lake Baikal, so that would be um, if you're you're marking out your map for Russian paranormal hotspots. You've got your Perm anomalous region. You've got the Tunguska area and the Cauldron Cauldron River. It's something like that. Um, you'll be able to find it with the Google. Um, oh, this is a cool map, dude. So this shows exactly where the aliens. Oh, that's found. cool, dude. So yeah, dead center of Russia, basically in mm-hmm. the uh, inhabitable part, right? Um, no, so that that's firm in Siberia. That's definitely there's definitely not a lot of people out there. Um, again, once you get into like the asian part of russia your populations are getting very very small even on the the pacific coast where it's coastline it's still frozen tundra and there's not a lot of of people there on the the far coast there's an area called height 611 there's a famous ufo crash that occurred on this this hill 
very creatively named by the Russians. Really? Six one one. Yeah. Well, it's not I, I, terribly far from Baikal when it comes to like, you know, when you're, right. if you're speaking geographically, but. And so that was going to be my third hot spot right there is Lake Baikal, which is the largest um, and deepest uh, freshwater body in the world. Yeah. Um, and again, bizarre hotspot lots of ufos there's a ufo group that takes like uh, one of russia's largest they take a a yearly like pilgrimage out there and and go and look for ufos and they've caught some weird videos and and things like that yeah Um, shit going in and out of the lake right and then yep just to put in and oh yeah it's it's definitely a bizarre spot the most famous story though is the the battle of baikal yeah again an awesome story it's really cool, man. I want you to talk about that real quick, but just to put into perspective how fucking huge this lake is, it uh last I read, it holds one fifth of the world's fresh water supply. And I mean, I, I did an episode on this about a oh, shit almost two years ago at this point, but um uh, one fifth of the world's fresh water supply in one lake. And then it has unique animals down there, like mollusks that are mm-hmm. like a thousand times bigger than mollusks that you would typically see anywhere oh, yeah. else. Animals not seen anywhere else on the world. It has yeah. a completely unique um, ecosystem. Oh yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's definitely a weird and gorgeous from the photos and stuff. Again, I'm mad I'm not going to get to see it anytime soon. I had this whole beautiful, I was going to ride the Trans-Siberian Railroad. I had this beautiful fucking oh. trip planned. Um, oh, it's totally going to be worth the paperwork. <laughs> um, but, uh, well, yeah, I'm going to, while you're talking about Lake Baikal, I'm going to look up some of the, uh, like wildlife and shit that's there. Cause dude, the, the battle of mm-hmm. Baikal is pretty nuts, man. Well, yeah. Speaking of the, the wildlife, there is a, a cryptid in Baikal, um, that I guess we'll call the frog boy because there's an interesting tie in to a weird Soviet movie, um, called the frog boy. And, um, so there was, they were doing supposedly this, uh, training mission for, you know, this, these military divers and they were training in Lake Baikal and, um, they encountered some kind of entity under the water and they were like, oh fuck, let's get out of here. And their commander was, um, he was a fan of this Soviet movie called the frog boy. And so when his soldiers popped up out of the water and they're like, there's a fucking like alien dude in like a weird jumpsuit down there. Like, I'm not, we're, we're freaked out. He was like, it's the frog boy. Go back down there and bring me the frog boy. Oh, and, the, uh, that's why they actually went back down there. And then they, yes. Cause their commander. Yeah. This is all well, you know, pretty well documented, uh, um, situation. Yeah. Their commander was a fan of this, this weird Soviet movie. And, um, so they went back down there and, uh, I, I think the, this entity, this humanoid creature, um, blasted them with like a ray of light or something like that while they tried to grab them in a net and they panicked and they jumped to the surface, which anyone who knows about diving is a a no, no, you get a, um, uh, what do they call that when you get the air bubble? Like yeah hyper or something um, um yeah something like that you don't you, you've got to go up a little bit and then stop and then go up a little bit and then stop to properly decompe- decompress decompress uh, if you go too fast yeah hypoxia yeah there you uh, go i think that's the one 
Well, uh, and so all of them were suffering from this as they rushed to the the surface. And so they try to get them into these decompression chambers. And there was six, six soldiers. Um, and I think two people go in each compression cha- decompression chamber, but they only had one. Yeah. And so they crammed three people into one and let three of the other soldiers die. But the, since it was only built for two, the three soldiers in um, the, uh, inside the chamber didn't survive without horrible debilitating like seizures they they were vegetables essentially um they refer to it as the bends but i just forget yeah the, the baby's official name. got the bends <laughs> i forget what it's called yeah, that's radiohead come on <laughs> <laughs> well yeah but what's the actual fucking name because yeah it's driving me crazy but uh, we whatever yeah. it's not important but yeah dude it is uh Man, when I was learning about this, I just thought it was so cool. Yeah, it's one of the weirder encounters in um, in uh, cryptozoology because, again, they try to like some SEAL team essentially try to reel in this frog boy uh, alien type entity and got their asses kicked. Um, so we definitely humans. When I say we humans, lost the battle of Lake Baikal. It's mm-hmm. Still. Uh, owned by the paranormal well didn't some of the, the divers die like underwater even too like that was it was pretty brutal Look at that. um yeah there again reports because of the the guys they pulled out of the water as i understand it the three of them died and three of them were left in like veg- vegetative states they're the actual details of the battle are like conjecture they're like what they thought the people on the surface thought was going on yeah um, but they did. They literally sent them back down there with like a net <laughs> to, to like bag them. Try and catch uh, this fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm sure they, whatever, whatever that thing had for them was uh, more than the net worthy. Um, and and, again, and um, sorry if I missed you saying this, but they said it was like a nine foot humanoid, right? Right. It was, it was very tall. I believe it was wearing some kind of suit. Yeah. Um, or described as like wearing like a metallic kind of jumpsuit. Um, I'm a little fuzzy on the exact details of like what its face and shit looked like. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, a, a very tall humanoid. And I believe there was two of them when they first saw them and they went back up and they said, go down there again and get me one of them. Yeah. And when they went back down, it was, it was that single, single guy almost waiting for him. And they said it hit him with like some sort of stun gun type thing. Mm, flashed a light, some kind of beam of light was was seen involved. Again, kind of the classic um uh pre gray alien, pre, you know, nineties spaceman yeah. <laughs> archetype. And that's something I saw a bunch in other Russian UFO cases. Um, there is the, uh, Varensvith, landing. Um, and again, I'm sure I'm butchering that. Um, but this was a landing that was, it was seen by, um, 12 people, I think, um, 12 children and several other adults, including a policeman who like showed up. Yeah. Throw an H in there. Maybe another Z. <laughs> Varensvith. Here, hold on. I can pull it up on mine. Um, how do I make this smaller? The buff. 
Let's see. So this um, now there's an H somewhere in there. Hold on, let me see if I can find it. <laughs> well, yeah, and and you know, I'd be interested <laughs> to hear like what um, you know, when we're done talking about this shit, like anything that you've seen that really sticks with you, like shit that. Like, there's got to be something that makes you because you seem cynical when it comes to this stuff in the best way possible. Right. Because you're just trying you're trying to just search for more and more proof and nothing is going to just fool you easily. So I'm wondering what keeps you coming back for it. You know what I mean? I'm sure that there's a story or two that you can share. So we'll save that towards the end here. Um, right. So the Varenzovoff landing, though, is another one of these examples of super weird. Um, uh, weird entities. So this was seen by a group of people, including a police officer. Um, and they saw these three entities walk off, um, into, uh, walk out of a UFO. And one was like this square robot with like legs and hands. And the other two were humanoids. Um, but, um, here, here we go. Hold on. I can pull it up now. You released me. Um, <laughs> oh, do you want me to see if, if uh, let me allow you to share here. Oh, hold on. I can go to my Patreon. I don't have it. And by the way, uh, subscribe to the Patreon. What is it? Just Chaz of the Dead at Patreon. Chaz of the Dead. I'm very one note. Absolutely. Patreon.com slash Chaz of the Dead. It's like a dollar fifty, right? Yep. That's the lowest tier. That gets you all of these weird research. Um, ooh. Seeing the behind the scenes um, gets you all these weird uh, stories each month. There we go. That's what they look like. <laughs> um, oh shit! What the fuck so, is that box thing? Exactly. <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. But again, this was testified wow. to by a police officer. Um, there was first seen by a group of twelve children of various ages, you know, teenagers included, who were like, "Yeah, these three fucking weirdos walked out of a, a UFO." No um, way. So for the people just listening, we've got on the left here is our tallest dude. Um, he looks like he lifts. He's got like a weird metal pipe. He's wearing a, a belt buckle that kind of looks like it's got a symbol that looks like um, the Berber symbol for freedom. Um, this African symbol. Looks like um, Chanel to me. <laughs> it kind of does look like that with a little space in between. <laughs> uh, and he's got a domed head with almost three eyes or maybe eye holes. Uh, the dude in the robot is, it says in Spanish here, because I pulled this off a Spanish site, um, a small robot companion. And he's literally uh, a box, like a square totally square box with arms and legs and some dials and buttons on the front. Um, totally weird looking dude. It's so and, bad, dude. Cause it looks like a cardboard box guy. Yeah. It, it literally, it does look like, like an air can, an AC unit, like an old AC yeah. sprung legs. It's bizarre. And then the third guy's the most human looking. I'd yeah, say yeah. he doesn't have a face though, but he's got a human shaped head some kind of hole or porthole or void in his chest. Mm-hmm. And he's got this cube. He's levitating with his hands. And if I remember correctly, he was showing this to the children, like some kind of weird display. All right. That does it with my free portion of the conversation with Chaz of the dead. If you want to hear the rest of it, go over to patreoncom slash dangerous world podcast. 
gonna get into more stuff regarding the paranormal, some politics, all kinds of stuff. Just go check it out. Thanks, Chaz, and I'll see you over there, everybody.